Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is 219 Green Connect. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and with me today I have Pax Suggs, and he is with the Gary Food Council. He's got a really exciting initiative that I want him to talk about. And I'm hoping he'll also just tell us a bit more about what the Gary Food Council is, you know, how they formed what they're about, what they're up to, but he just has a lot of really good stuff to share today. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Pax. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Um, Really and truly excited to be able to kind of uh, spread the specific message about this um, fundraising program that we have going on and also just to give folks some background on the Gary Food Council in general. I think um, I debate on whether to start with the fundraiser because everyone doesn't listen 15 minutes in. Um, I think I'm going to go with that. So uh, I'll just really quickly talk about the fundraiser, and then I'll uh, backtrack and and talk about the Gary Food Council. The fundraiser is is really simple. You you know, I keep telling people over and over, there are a lot of complex, nuanced problems in this world right now. Um, but one that's not very complex or very difficult or very hard to do is to teach kids how to grow vegetables. Um, and, and I think it's one of the things that is especially worthwhile in this world um, for a milieu of different reasons, uh, but primarily among them that we know that specifically in Gary, uh, 14 out of the 24 food deserts, you know, as certified by the USDA, exist. In Gary, 14 out of the 24 in Lake County exist in Gary. That's almost 60%. And um, as a former teacher, uh, I can tell you that when you're a former English teacher, I can tell you that when you're trying to bash kids over the head with Shakespeare and to be or not to be, what they're thinking about is calories. Um, and that was a little bit of rhyme right there for you to show off my, like my skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so about a year ago, I, I signed up for AmeriCorps. There was an initiative in Gary uh, called the Cities Connecting Children to Nature. Um, We did uh, a really quick kind of assessment of the programs, the opportunities, and the infrastructure that we had in the city of Gary. It turned out that when it came to serving youth um, on on kind of the city level, we were lacking a lot of that infrastructure, which I don't think is uh, surprising or, or, or necessarily unexpected given the history of Gary. Um, but what, what it did turn out that we actually did have was a very large group of, um, of, of urban farmers who were doing some really good stuff and turning out some really good products. So it was kind of as a function of being a teacher and being concerned about the nutrition that my kids were getting that I started to reach out to the Gary Food Council. That's how I got involved in that. And then once the AmeriCorps opportunity came up, I, I snagged it right away. And so for about the last six months, I've been trying to come up with a viable program where we could do some long-term sustainable programming where we first certified uh, kids, and we're talking about 12 to 17, because in Indiana you can start paying kids for farm work. 
um, when they're 12 years old. And so that's why we picked that age. Um, and, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners have corn husked or known someone who has corn husked uh, over the summer. And we're trying to kind of take that to the next level where we make these kids real professionals at what they're doing. Um, you know, highly, a highly trained elite unit to get out there and assess your land and, and, you know, remediate your soil and help you with your weed control and, and really show up and be there for a lot of our community gardens and, and community farms. Um, so we want to pay them to get certified. Uh, once they get certified and the growing season comes around, we want to pay them to do an intern uh, internship. And once they've completed an internship, we want to pay them to become youth urban farming educators. So we want to get them into schools. We want to get them into after school programs, you know, the YWCA, uh, the Boys and Girls Club, um, over at the City Life Center. We, and we want to have our kids going in as kind of urban farming ambassadors with a nice little toolkit where they can teach kids how to grow their own stuff and, and help kids grow their own stuff, um, all while expanding, you know, access to healthy food uh, in Gary specifically and the region more broadly. Um, so that's our fundraiser. And the kind of interesting thing about it is if we can get $3,000 raised um, through the Gannett Foundation, that's the parent company of USA Today, then we become eligible for $100,000. Um, and uh, that $100,000 grant, which is already written and submitted, um, will fund this program for three years. Um, so this isn't the kind of fundraiser where, you know, it's a one-shot deal. You give a couple bucks and a couple people get a little bit of good for a bit of a while. And, and I don't mean to denigrate that at all because that's incredibly important, I think, especially in the age of COVID. But... Um, that's kind of not the focus or nor the goal of, of what we're doing here. $3,000 funds one cycle. Um, and we'll be able to, if we meet that goal, we'll be able to uh, do a year of programming where we get kids the certification and the internship. Um, but the really important thing is if we get that $3,000, uh, we become eligible for the 100,000. And I think it's a pretty nifty program. Um, so I want to just encourage everybody to hit that donate now button. If you would please $5, $50, $500. It doesn't matter. It all helps. So that I'll take off my, my, uh, my salesman hat now. And well, no, I'm going to encourage you to, I'm going to encourage you to lean in. I want to make sure that people know exactly the easiest way how to get to that link. I know you have a presence on Facebook. Uh, you've got a profile, facebook.com forward slash gary.foodcouncil.7. There's also a Gary Food Council group. It, what would be the very easiest way that people can get there? If, if you're listening to the show and you're looking at the link on 219 Green Connect, you can get to the link in the show notes. Uh, you can get there through blogtalkradio.com forward slash 219 Green Connect. But um, we just want it to be as easy as possible. So is there like a short link or any kind of good way that, that people can absolutely get to that fundraiser while the, the feeling is, you know, moving them to go do so? <laughs> I, I want to break the fourth wall for a second and just point out okay. <laughs> how smooth and professional that segue was. This is like a, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, alley-oop layup thing. It's just, just beautiful. I want to appreciate your style 
and and commend thank you for you. it and thank you for thank it. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I don't do any edits, so if, you know, people are hearing me, you know, get complimented. That's just stuck because <laughs> we're a we're a one and done <laughs> podcast. It's not real, you know, you know smooth what otherwise. When I was an English teacher, one of the most difficult things to teach kids is the transition sentence in their paragraph. So tell me what you just said in a brand new way, and then tell me what you're about to tell me without telling me. And I'm just telling you, you got an A plus on that on that okay. part. Okay. So, so <laughs> well played. <laughs> People know how to get there. But, that, that, that's good. Um, well, we just exactly. want to make sure. So, and then, and tell tell us the deadline for this too. When do we need to raise three thousand dollars by? Right. So uh, the short answer to both questions is to go to the Gary Food Council group on Facebook, um, and we have a post that we're posting every two days, so you won't ever have to scroll down too far. Um, It's a public group. Anyone can join. Um, And you'll see the direct link there. And one of the really cool things is that I got to interview uh, a young gardener. Uh, I think he's 15 years old in the city, and his story is just really amazing. He talks about he was going to school, and then I love how he phrases it. He said, when COVID first came out, as if it was like an album by an artist. And I just, <laughs> I just think that's just delicious, you know. <laughs> but, um, but, but, yeah, when, when COVID did come out, as he would say, and when it shut down the schools, he asked himself what he could do that was productive. And he had, uh, you know, from whatever kind of serendipity has existed in his life, the thing that popped into his head was a garden. And he's been able to feed himself and his family, you know, healthy fruit and vegetables, even through all the shortages that we've experienced and all that kind of stuff. So Gary Food Council, check it out. It's a group on Facebook, and you'll, you'll be able to find it with very little hassle just by scrolling down. Um, and definitely watch and, the video. The video is great. I just loved hearing from it, that young it's man. It's really, but, truly gorgeous. Yeah, I, you know, I sit down and I edit these videos, and it takes, you know, five hours to edit it the way you want. And every single time, you know, I got to the end of the video, I was, like, clapping for him. I was like, you go, young sir. You've done so well, you know. Um, so that's when you know you've got yourself a good subject. And uh, October 16th is the date. So we're going from September 21st was when it opened, and we're going until October 16th. And, you know, really, we've just, we're trying to do our very best uh, to come up with a you know social media strategy that keeps people engaged and um, keeps people returning and checking in for updates. Um, so so that's that, and I can go on to the Gary Food Council. Uh, yeah, now thank you, Pack. I, I love I love your energy and I love your enthusiasm for this program. You know, so I will do whatever I can to help you hit that goal. It's just it's a wonderful program, and I would love to hear more about the Gary Food Council too. I, I know there's been a Northwest Indiana Food Council for quite some time. And I think Gary yes, Food Council yes, yes. was a bit newer, so I'm just really curious how that came about, you know, what, what your role is in it and, and what they're up to outside of this, this program. Yeah, I mean, I, I think first it's important to shout out the Northwest Indiana um, Food Council because they are the big dogs in the game. And Massey over there, just wonderful farm, uh, wonderful farmer, and um, really kind of uh, pushing – um, so much of so much of the good policy that we're looking for when it comes to being able to you know have a more sustainable um, and accessible uh, food network. So so just you know props to them. And then you know, the Gary Food Council 
um, I'd, I'd say probably about 2015 or 2016, there was a swell in the community amongst community members um, who, like I said before, you know, Gary makes up something like 20% of all of Lake County's population, but they account for 60% of all of Lake County's food deserts. And people started to get a little bit annoyed by that and wanted to begin to explore how the city itself could begin to facilitate more access to healthy food. And, um, you know, they, they organized enough and they got together as a community enough to get the powers that be. Um, and, and here in Gary, really, when you're talking about agriculture, you're, you're talking about the Office of Green Urbanism and Sustainability and, or Green Urbanism and Rainwater Collection, I believe it's called now. It's, it's changed names a few times. Um, and Purdue Extension, uh, Northwest Indiana Purdue Extension, um, you know, perked up their ears, heard that people wanted to do something. And kind of when all of those forces combined, the Gary Food Council uh, was created, you know, at, directly as a result of, of community organizing and the community speaking out. Um, it's, so that was about 2015, and I, I don't think it was officially kind of, uh, I don't think it officially became a non-for-profit, you know, 501c3 certified charity, all that kind of stuff, until 2017 or 2018. So it's relatively new uh, on the scene, and much of it, uh, much of that time has been dedicated to planning. Um, we spoke earlier about some of the big players like uh, Pastor Marty Henderson over at Peace uh, Gardens and Farms, and, uh, you know, Faith Farms is, is, is involved, and Pastor Whitaker is involved, and uh, St. Mary of the Lakes. Pretty much all the, all the big-name growers uh, are, are there as members or at least are represented and, you know, in our network. And the job has really been to figure out how do you take, uh, you know, I mean, I don't mean to get too political. I, I don't mean political. I mean too historical, I guess. But, but a lot like the United States of America where you have these independent colonies, how do you bring them together into a federation, into a republic? And so a lot of what the Gary Food Council does is try to figure out where our interests align and how we can go about aligning those interests and pursuing goals that fulfill those interests. And that's where this particular program that we're working on, I think, comes in. Because any community garden or, or uh, not-for-profit farm, I, I think, is a fair descriptor of all of the farms that we work with. Um, the number one thing that they always lack is hands-on-deck. Uh, to be able to get out there and harvest, to be able to get out there and water, to be able to get out there and, and feed chickens and feed this and feed that. And um, so for me personally, when I, when I kind of entered into the arena of, of what we call food justice uh, in Gary, I, I saw this need, clearly everyone had, which was for um, people to train, for people to continue the legacy, for people to do the work and earn their stripes, so to speak, as farmers. And because I, you know, am, am, am an AmeriCorps Vista, where my job is to connect children to nature, um, I immediately said, well, it's very simple. We, we get kids in a program where every, you know, Wednesday we send them to one farm and every Friday we send them to another farm and they get a little formalized lesson. And I use my background as a teacher to, to help these farms formalize the lesson. 
And then the kids get the lesson and then they do the work, work, study, practical, good stuff. Nobody's ever mad when kids get out there and, and pull some weeds. Um, but it's got to be more than pulling weeds, right? It's got to be about learning, you know, learning about soil and learning about microbiology and learning about the most efficient ways to plant to be able to feed the most people. Um, because a lot of these kids are the people that need to be fed or at least fed better. Um, so that's kind of how that all came together. Um, and I just spent like 16 minutes describing your very first question. <laughs> Can you tell <laughs> okay, I'm an English big, teacher? <laughs> it is a big question, so I fully expected to have a, a very uh, robust answer. I mean, it, just even, you know, reading what the mission is, it, it's really, really great. And I, I do know Ann Massey. I've I've worked with her on organizing a few of their uh, their events called Fed, the Food Education. What's the B? Oh boy, uh, in discussion. That's it. Food Education and discussion. And I believe it was two years ago that uh, food justice was the topic. And we did some maps and we mapped out those food deserts that you're talking about. And it was astonishing to see, just as you've described, how concentrated they were right in Gary and, you know, around that area. So I'm just, you know, obviously that's not good news to hear, but I'm just delighted that people are, you know, looking within the community for ways to remedy that and just empowering especially young people to be that solution I think is just so right on so many levels. And uh, I'm just really grateful that you're a part of this program and grateful to everybody who's listening and feels so moved <laughs> to move this vision forward. And, um, yeah, so is there anything else that you'd like to share? I'm just curious about your background, if you do have a passion or background yourself in, in growing food. You know, um, I, I absolutely do not. I was a, I was a, I was a very smart young man. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, who often found himself in the principal's office for reasons no one could ever explain. Um, and, <laughs> and by that, I mean, I might've mouthed off once or twice. And um, I remember one time I, I went, and this was the last time I went to the principal's office actually. And, you know, I sat down and I said, I said, bud, it's not, he, so he kind of sat me down and he was like, dude, I know you're better than this. I see your grades. We talk every other week. What's up, man? And I was like, it's not fair. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, it's just not fair. Like I sit in class all day. They tell me things that, and, and I was kind of the very beginning of the digital internet age. And I said, you know, they tell me these things and then I go online and then I search for, you know, the interpretation of the blue curtains in chapter three and I get a completely different answer, and I say that answer, which is the one that I thought originally, and then they tell me no. And then I say, well, then you're a bad teacher. And then I get sent to the principal's office. <laughs> and he said to me, hey, man, it's a game. You know, it really is. And you just got to pick your battles and, and all that kind of stuff. And once I started to – and, you know, he was an authority figure, so him saying that had a really deep impact on me. And, and when he said that, I started to play the game. I started to test it out and I started to win all my battles and I became a teacher, not because I like love education or love teaching Shakespeare or compound and complex sentences, but because I love showing kids that there's 
a certain set of norms and there's a certain set of rules out there and you can break norms, but you can't break rules. And you got to kind of have the, 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 the mental acuity to tell the difference. And when I actually got into school and actually started teaching, I, I really found out that there were just too many norms that had become rules for me to be able to teach the kids how to play the game. And, and that's why I got out of the game. And, and I think you hear a lot about, you know, teachers who quote unquote burn out, but it, it really is like, you can only be Sisyphus for so long. You can only push the, the ball up the hill only to have, you know, the ball roll down uh, for so long. And, and you have to find a different game. And, and I really do have a deep and abiding conviction that growing your own food is one of the most prescient pieces of knowledge that we could possibly bestow upon our youth. And I think COVID has only made that more clear um, and I think historically, in the history of education, we have had the most success when we incorporate those practical skills into, you know, the very theoretical and hypothetical, how, when is train A going to meet up with train B? As much as that's important, it's really important to know that potatoes grow underground and you have to dig very far for them because sometimes they end up six feet away from where the plant started. Um, that's an important lesson too. And it so often gets swept under the rug, I think. And when you go into the classroom every single day and you see kids are drained and they just, and then you see their, their school lunches and you're like, but guys, we could start a garden out back and we could have fresh tomato pasta sauce and that tastes so much better. You know, uh, when you do that for a few years, you, you kind of got to pick a side. And the side that I picked uh, because of my incredibly wonderful fiance who allowed me to be, working on AmeriCorps wages <laughs> for one year. She said, go ahead and pursue your dream, honey, but you're going to have to use that master's degree after if you don't strike gold. So it's a bit of a, a 1849 scenario. And I, and, and I really am just trying to be the energy and, and the ball that, that pushes it forward. Um, and I think this one's a good one. So I just, well, just I wanted to say that. I think, yeah, yeah I, I just think, I that's think you're the perfect so. person to be to be bringing this forth, and I do hope you get a chance to get your hands a little dirty, <laughs> get in those soil microbes because uh, you know they have been actually proven not only to you know grow a better tomato that's you know got zero food miles on it and more nutritious, but also just lifts people's spirits and I think after this crazy year we've had we could all use some spirits uplifted oh we need that so you, much yeah and you know goodness knows I'm sure we're all ready to hopefully have this thing pass and you know when COVID came out <laughs> I really like that a lot like a band or something but it's um, great I, when, I love it when, yeah, every time I watch it <laughs> yeah when they stop touring and I hope that will be soon possibly uh, that would be great but even if, worst-case scenario, it's still lingering next growing season, the thing I love about this program is that kids will be able to do this safely, you know, outdoors and following all the social distancing and all, you know, all that jazz. In groups so of just, 10 or less. Yep, yeah, in yep. groups of 10 or less. And, and I take very seriously because my fiancé is an educator at, at Valpo High School. Um, oh, wow, okay. Who's, who was one of the, you know – first and only schools kind of in our region to go back all full. Like we're, we're on some serious protocol. I, you know, I don't, I don't kid around with that stuff. So that's, you know, even in our grants, we have money specifically designed to acquire PPE. Um, and we're following Purdue and the USDA's 
you know, best practices when it comes to community gardening? Because, of course, somebody sat down somewhere and said, hey, what are the best COVID gardening techniques? Um, but, but we've got them, and, and we ascribe to them, you know. So, yeah, that's a very serious point there. Can I ask one? Can I ask an indulgence? Of course. Yeah, go right ahead. <clears throat> As an English teacher, I, I always like to incorporate a little bit of something that's Englishy or literature And I wrote this poem, and I swear it's not corny. Um, it'll take about two minutes and 15 seconds, so we should be please. able to get away with it. But I'd, please, I'd really love sure. to read this poem because it's been this – I was in this conversation, and uh, basically the – some, one of the things that came out of my mouth is, you know, kids who grow tomatoes don't kill kids, whether or not they grow tomatoes. Um, and I think that's just like such a deeply driving uh, part of, of, of my experience and why I do what I do and why I push this ball up the hill every day. So, so if I could, I, can I just Please. go into it? Is that fine? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I've got this theory. I guess it's more of a hypothesis, really. I'm trying to put to the test, it's simple. It posits that kids that grow tomatoes don't kill kids, whether or not they grow tomatoes. Just generally, I find it hard to envision a scenario where the crooked neck squash kids from Zone 4B are going to roll out and squash nightshade armies. I mean, maybe but I've never read of the kid who grew six pounds of cherry tomatoes off a clone he got from his mother's sister going on a crime spree. It's anecdotal, and as such, it can't represent the total, but I don't know that it's not something we might not want to put to the test. You see, I got a hard time coming up with a scenario where a young Jericho Prince the Lazarus Jr. Third spends an hour each evening with Herman. And you know Herman. He's retired. He wears suspenders instead of belts, has chrome fenders, and when he enters, his presence is felt. Herman with the smile in the belly. Herman with the green thumb. Herman who fought in the war. Herman who spends time with young Jericho every other evening, leaving our child to slice suckers mercilessly because you want the plant to fruit not be a leaf factory, and I don't mean to leap back to me, but I don't think kids who grow tomatoes kill kids, whether or not they grow tomatoes. The study's yet to be conducted, so you could still say no, and of course we'd have to have a control. I'm going to suggest the kids that eat Play-Doh, but if I may say so, I don't think kids who grow tomatoes kill other kids, whether or not they grow tomatoes. So until I get this funding and research approval, can we run a pilot and try it? Because I don't think kids who grow tomatoes kill other kids, even when they grow up. And that's it. That's my little poem. That's really hitting me right, right in the heart. I have to tell you, from the place that I'm recording this with you, I'm looking out at my own tomatoes in my garden and... There's just a, a really deep ring of truth in what you're saying. And uh, I hope that our talk today has moved people to find out more about the Gary Food Council and to find the video of the young man that we've talked about who was so proud to grow the food. And just seeing him in his abundant garden, you'd know what uh, Pax is saying is true. He just seems like 
the happiest, most empowered, most secure kid on the planet because he knows he can feed himself, he can feed his family, he can provide enough. And when you know that there's enough, that takes, you know, that's like on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, pretty big thing. So I just really thank you for sharing your gift with us and your vision for this program, and I, I see it being done. I will do everything within my power to share it widely on all the social medias and uh, talk it up. So thank you, Pax. I hope to have you back again when you've got your program running and do some updates and just you know check back in and see how you're you're doing. Does that sound like a plan? It sounds like a plan. I'm I'm so thankful and delighted that you had me. Um, it's still hard for me to get through that poem without getting a little emotional. You know, it's uh, it's a vision. It's a positive one that we can move forward through, you know, and, and I, I really do hope people believe and connect with that because, you know, writing poems and hitting the dirt and teaching kids how to do the same is about, that's about what I got in this life, you know. Thank you. Well, we're almost out of time. And I want to thank listeners for joining us for another episode of 219 Green Connect. Again, I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and my guest today has been Pac Suggs from the Gary Food Council telling us about a really, really great program that they've got to train young farmers uh, in Gary. So please do check out their Facebook presence, check out the show notes, click through, donate if you can. If you can't, uh, sharing equals love as well, so you can share this link widely and help us uh, get the word out about this great program. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and join us back next time.